Welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast where we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day. Each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor, an austere religious scholar who will be your host in this retrospective edition of Fake News. Last year, I made some predictions about how 2022 would go. And today I want to revisit some of those ideas. Um, I haven't even gotten into them yet, but I'm sure I was way, way off in my predictions for this year. Um, From the ones I do remember, I know I got it wrong. We'll see if I got anything right. But as I go through them, I want to talk about what I got wrong, but also why I got it wrong. I'm going to do some self-reflection today and you get a front row seat. Before I go on, I'm just going to throw this in right here. I'm pre-recording this episode. I'm in the midst of uh, moving. I'm hoping to do an end of year episode about like the fakest news of 2022, kind of like I did last year for 2021. Um, I just don't know if the mo- at the moment, I don't know if I'm going to have time. As this airs, I should be in the midst of moving. We're almost to Christmas time. Life for all of us is going to be really, really busy uh, for you and for me. Um, but especially, you know, just I'm just saying I got a lot going on right now. So this might be the last time you hear me this year. And if so, we will be back in 2023 uh, after after life's had a chance to slow down a little bit. So, um, okay, let's get ready to time travel back to 2021. We're going to hear from past Luke today, who was so certain that he knew what was right around the corner. Here's a segment that I recorded late last year about what I foresaw happening over the upcoming 12 months. I want to start with one. This Some might say this is kind of outlandish. I think a year from now, Kamala Harris is going to be president. And I'll say why I think that's the case. Now, some would say that's outlandish. I'll, but here's why I think, here's why I'm, I do think it will happen in the next year. I was one, of, I was not one of the people who said Joe Biden was going to drop out in his first year. Some people did not think he was even going to make it for a full year of being president. Now, I always said that he would because I always thought, it would be too embarrassing if he could not get through at least one year of being president before he conked out. A lot of us have thought he's not going to make it all four years for sure. He might think he's going to make it all four years, but a lot of us have thought, nah, there's there's no way this guy makes it for four years being president. And Kamala Harris was always going to be president at some point. I'm going to predict it'll happen within a year before the 2022 midterms. So I predicted that Biden would drop out before the 2022 midterms. That was obviously way off. Not only did he not drop out and let Kamala Harris replace him, but I mean, he's still going strong or as strong as he can, you know, for his age. He turned 80 this year. We have an 80 year old president, an octogenarian president. I think this is the first time in U.S. history we've had a president in their 80s. And it happened this year. I didn't, I didn't see it coming, but he's still going strong. No signs of, um, of, of dropping out anytime soon, you know, to be quite honest. So I got that way, way wrong. Now let's talk about why I got that wrong. Um, as I kind of said in that clip, just because Biden is so old, I thought that they would force him out like kind of behind the scenes. I thought whoever's handling it, whoever's, you know, he's not in control of himself. It's, it's pretty clear that, um, this White House is just kind of doing whatever they want. Um, it's the bureaucracy and it's all the White, the White House staffers, the, 
the people that Biden has hired to run the show. I mean, that is what a president's supposed to do. He's supposed to hire people who come alongside him and help implement the policy. And um, that that's what's been going on. So, I mean, every president does that. In, in President Biden's case, I mean, he doesn't quite have the mental capacity to dictate all the specifics of how to implement all of his policies. So, we we what we have right now is a White House that it's gone so radical, so extreme, because people who whose names we don't even know, they're out there deciding what the policy should be. So I thought, well, you know, Biden's not really running the show here in his administration. Um, I thought whoever is running the show, I thought they'd kind of force him out behind the scenes, because you know, just because of his all the bad press he got in 2021 with the Afghanistan debacle. And the, just the unpopularity of the Democrats by the time that the end of the year rolled around. Uh, that's when the let's go Brandon thing was going on. I mean, I, I thought because of all that, I thought they would just kind of force him out behind the scenes because he was dragging the party down with him. And also, um, that did not happen. Uh, I guess one possible reason that that, that doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. I think now, now I think it looks like he is going to get all four years unless he just has a, a health crisis, like an actual one. But um, what, what, one thing that's changed is that the Democrats had a pretty good showing at the midterms. And I mean, all things considered, they did lose the House, but I mean, they didn't lose as badly in a midterm election as the governing party usually does. So um, that, that means whatever they're doing with, with Biden you know, it's working. It's working. They're pushing in a bunch of radical stuff all behind the veneer of this kindly old man. And uh, it's it's working. It's pulling the wool over people's eyes. And so that that's probably a factor, uh, <clears throat> a factor into why they're not trying to push Biden out. And I think another factor is that we've kind of seen if they did push him out to replace him with Kamala Harris, they would get the initial excitement of, you know, black female president that that would be a big deal to them. And I'm, I'm still kind of surprised they haven't gone for that. But on the other hand, she's such an uninspiring, drab public speaker. Uh, I, I, it might actually be shooting themselves in the foot, and maybe they've already realized that before doing it, unfortunately. <laughs> but, but to make her the figurehead of the Democrat Party, to be stuck with her in 2024, um, that might not be a prospect that they're necessarily wanted to go for like they might think oh this could be a bad trade to switch biden out for her they are kind of backed into a corner because they've got kamala harris and joe biden as one you know one of them is going to be running for president in 2024 one of them is going to be representing their party in that election and uh neither of those are good options i don't feel sorry for them they they willingly back themselves into this corner but um they are kind of backed into a corner with those two and as, as rough as that is for them, it's working for them. They they pulled out the midterm win. I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled out the 2024 win. You know, I, <laughs> I'm not trying to... I was so off in my predictions for for this year. I'm not even going to try to get into 2024 today. But, um, you know, the the system has been so, so rigged with all this mail-in voting nonsense that it's going to be really hard for any Republican to win in 2024, even running against these two. So anyway, that prediction was way off. And then I I, I think that kind of dovetails here with the next one that I want to look at. Um, Let's listen to the next prediction that I made. The Democrats are in a jam for 2022 because there's, by all accounts, a big red wave coming, a big 
voter surge of Republicans. A lot of independents swinging toward the Republicans. And a lot of Democratic enthusiasm bottoming out. Their only hope, I don't think they're going to retain the House and Senate no matter what, but their only hope to not get hurt worse is they have to do something to create some sort of cultural moment. Okay, something that really jazzes up their base to get out and vote. And what in the world could that be? I think it's going to be, look over here, we have the first female president, as well as a black woman, first black female president, first female president, period. Yeah, I predicted that there would be a red wave in 2022. (laughs) That red wave did not happen. I, I spent the last two episodes kind of talking about that why the red wave fizzled out. So I won't I won't go into all that again. I mean, I guess I, I just kind of did just mention what I would say on that point is that um, the system has been rigged so much with the mail-in voting stuff and and some other things that go on. But um, the, the rules, the table's been flipped. The rules have all been changed from how we did elections prior to 2020. And so the Democrats have an upper hand right now. And that, I think, played a factor into right, the red wave fizzled out. Uh, but, but also, the, you know, there is something I did say that, the, that the, the left needed some kind of cultural moment to jazz up their voters. Because whenever you look at 2021, uh, Virginia turned red in that election and New Jersey almost did. And those are two heavily blue states. But they actually went for the Republicans in that election. Why did they do that? Because there was a lot of anger and disappointment towards the Democrats. They had been running the country. They had been handed the country in the 2020 election. You know, the House, the Senate, the White House. And they had been handed the reins of this country and they drove it right into the ground. There was a lot of people upset about that. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people don't like seeing their country driven into the ground. And so even in a blue state like Virginia, they voted in Glenn Youngkin uh, as well as Winsome Sears and uh, and the the attorney general in that race went to the Republican seat and 2021 was a banner year for Republicans politically. And so I just really thought that would continue. But I did say, if you remember that what the left needed was some kind of cultural moment to just jazz up their voters, to get their voters energized again, to get them out there and get them into the voting booth in November. Did they get that? Well, something did happen in the past year. It was the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And, uh, you know, I had hoped that that would not energize their voters, but it, you know, it honestly, it probably did. Um, my prediction was that it was going to be the first black female president. And so that didn't happen, but something else did happen. And this kind of, I think I'll comment on this later, but it goes to, it just goes to show the future is very unpredictable that you just never know what is going to happen. And then, you know, after stuff happens, there's always people saying, oh yeah, I saw that coming. Oh, it was obvious that's how it was going to turn out. But you know what? It's I mean, the, this is why I put my predictions out there last year, because people say stuff that is, is obvious all the time. But let's actually see if it is obvious. I thought it was going to be obvious that Nancy Pelosi would retire before the 2022 midterms. I think Nancy Pelosi will be one of the next people to announce she's going to retire and not seek re-election for her seat. She's got a real easy seat to win, being from California. I think San Francisco is in in her district over there in California. Um, She's been Speaker of the House on and off for years. I think now that she's not going to be Speaker of the House anymore after 2022, I think she's ready to call it quits 
officially. I mean, she's been Speaker of the House since like the Civil War. Okay, she's already like 105. So it's a good time to retire if you're in Nancy Pelosi's shoes. And she's going to want to go out on top. Out of all of the predictions that I made back in 2021 for how the next 12 months would go, this was the one that I felt the most confident about. You know, whenever you have like a a, a famous coach or football player or something, they always want to go out on a winning season. Like they always want to end their career on a high note. You know, no one likes to to retire in a slump when they're just a dud. You know, they, sometimes that has to happen, but nobody wants to do that. If you can control it, you want to go out on top. And so Nancy Pelosi has had, you know, on again, off again relationship with being the Speaker of the House. And uh, she was clearly about to lose that. She did end up losing that because the Democrats lost the House. But I mean, she's she's had this run in House leadership for so long. It just seemed obvious to me that at the when it was looking like a red wave was coming and it was logical that that the Republicans would take back the House, because that usually happens in the midterms, that the party that's in that's not in power ends up taking the House. That happens all the time. It's the general rule. So I just thought it was obvious. I thought this was the the prediction I was the most confident about. That Nancy Pelosi would just retire, because why would she want to retire? She's in her like 80s, right? Why would she want to retire later whenever she wasn't in leadership anymore? But I was wrong. I got it wrong. Now, (laughs) to do some self-reflection on this, why did I get that wrong? I have no idea (laughs) because it still doesn't make sense to me that she would stay in. In fact, the fact that her husband got attacked by, you know, they if you remember, the media tried to make it look like it was some crazed right winger some nut job. I mean, it was a nut job, but they thought it was some, you know, far right nut. Turned out it was some far left nut who they said broke into the house. Now it appears that they, he that story's disappeared because the Democrat narrative on it fell apart. But there was this story the media was spinning that it was some Republican who was ginned up by um, conservative media and that he went in to attack Nancy Pelosi and, and attacked her husband with the hammer. Anyway, that turned out to be a farce, but I mean, he did get attacked, but it was by a, a left-wing activist. And so we don't know the full story there, but it gave Nancy Pelosi a great opportunity to go ahead and bow out. She could, she could, she could do a speech today and say, I need to be home with my husband. I need to help take care of him. You know, she could, she could do that today if she wanted to. So I don't know why she's staying in now that she's just going to go back to being uh, you know, a, a, re- a relatively minor role in the House of Representatives now. She's not going to have a leadership role at all. So doesn't make sense to me that she'd stay in. Un- um, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know what her plan is. <laughs> but uh, if she barely got the role for Speaker of the House last time around. And, you know, she might not get it if she, if she tries to stick around and run again for Speaker when she's like 86 or 88. I mean, you know, I don't think she could pull it off at that point. But anyway, she's sticking around for a little bit. So we might hear from her a little bit more in the future, but hopefully not too much. And then let's look at um, another prediction that I had. And I want to say this about 2022 also. I think this is going to be the year that wokeism implodes. Because the the Democrats did get shellacked in these last elections uh, in the past month in November. They got shellacked in that election 
over how they're pushing some of this race and this wokeism stuff and the, like the transgenderism stuff going on in schools. They've been pushing that so hard. And yet what they've shown in the weeks since that election, when they realized how bad that is for them, they've decided they're just going to keep going all in on that. <laughs> they're not going to scale that back. So I think they're going to keep pushing this into 2022. I think what we're going to see over this next year is this is the year that the wokeism agenda implodes where the American people finally say enough is enough. So obviously wokeism has not imploded. If anything, it has exploded. Um, I mean, it's it's the great test. What The great test of what was going to happen with wokeism was this midterm. And I'm sad to say, Americans decided that they really liked all this stuff. I mean, Biden just signed gay marriage into law in this past week. Well, you might hear this next week. But he just signed it into law and... What did he do? He invited a bunch of drag queens to the White House to celebrate. Now, why did I get this one so wrong? Well, I guess I'd say I got it wrong because I thought, honestly, I thought America still had more sanity. Like, if you go back a year ago, I was a lot more optimistic (laughs) about this country (laughs) than I am right now. Um, I thought that America was going to be sick of the, the sexual education being forced into schools. Like, if you look at the polling numbers, most Americans don't want sex ed forced on kindergartners. They don't want that, most Americans. But that's not getting them angry at the Democrats that the Democrats want to put that in schools. It's not getting Americans to go to the polls and vote against this nonsense. So I was hoping that would be a higher motivating factor. I don't understand when... You see the drag queen story hour going on at the local library. Why is there not a mob with torches and pitchforks out there, you know, demanding that that this kind of stuff stop happening, that it's obscene, that it's there's no reason for it. Why do why did drag queens, if this is some innocent thing, why do they feel like they need an audience of children to perform their their shows? Um, Why do they feel like they need to go read stories to kids? Why do they need to show up in sexual attire? and talk to children? Why do they feel the need to do this? I don't understand why there's not a bunch of people just furious about this in this country. And I mean, it just seems to be something people are shrugging off. So I thought wokeism would implode. Sad to say, it seems like there's a lot of Americans who actually do appreciate or enjoy this stuff. Um, one more prediction that I had made, and I don't, I don't know if I have a clip for this. I'll see if I can find it. I don't remember what episode it was in. But I said I I did not think that the Supreme Court would overturn Roe versus Wade during a midterm election year. And the reason I said that is because I was just trying to think about it, what seemed logical to me, that if the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, that that could inspire a backlash from the Democrats, that they would then use that as an excuse to pack the Supreme Court, to just put a bunch of Democrats on the court and to try to shift the balance of power. And that would effectively, that would be the end of the country, even though I already think it's heading that direction, that our democracy is going to fall apart at some point in the next 10 or 15 years. But, I I mean, I honestly thought this is going to be the end of the line for America if they try packing the Supreme Court, then the next time Republicans are in power, they just pack it back. And then the Supreme Court just becomes this political football that every two to four years, it's just getting um, 
the balance of power is just swinging in the other direction. So I thought that's what we were heading for if they tried to overturn Roe versus Wade. Because I knew this was something that would galvanize a lot of Democrat voters. and But I thought this would give the Democrats, the politicians, the public support that they needed to d- destroy the Supreme Court and pack it. So that's what that's what I thought was going to happen. Um, I was, again, I'm wrong about everything on these predictions. <laughs> so they did overturn Roe versus Wade, but this did not cause the Democrats to try to pack the court. I still wouldn't put it past him to try it down the line. You know, maybe it's the next Democrat president who tries that. I don't know. I mean, President Biden is, as he even said before his election, he's a transitionary figure. He said, I don't believe that I'm, the end result of, you know, uh, I mean, all this progressivism that he pushes. He said, I'm not the I'm not the, the final nail in the coffin for America. That's not how he phrased it. But he said, I'm a transitionary figure. I'm getting America ready for the next person. You know, this is what he's been saying since even before he was actually elected. He's, he calls himself a transitionary figure. So this is something Democrats want to do. <clears throat> they want to destroy every fundamental institution of this country. They want to destroy the foundations. And they will try to pack the Supreme Court when they have enough. They, the only thing really holding Biden back from doing it was that he just didn't have all the support in the Senate that he needed. Manchin wasn't going to go along with that. Kristen Sinema wasn't going to go along with that. Um, now he's got the 51-seat edge in the Senate where that make, it makes it even a little bit easier for him to try if some rulings come down in June of this year that the Democrats don't like. You know, he could he could say, oh, it's time to pack the court. You know, they still have a chance to do that. So um, that could that still could come, you know, and that's what I said that that kind of concerns me because that that is really going to be the end of the country when when it gets to that point. Um, then a, then a, one of the branches of government uh, becomes um, becomes essentially neutered and and that destroys our whole system of checks and balances. So um, that I, I still wouldn't put it past him to, to try that in the future, but it didn't happen this year. So I got everything wrong. I got everything wrong in my predictions, <laughs> like a 0% success rate. So I didn't want to just talk about my failures at predicting things. I want to talk about why I got some of these things wrong. Um, that's important for me to do, I think, because this is what I wish the media would do more often. This is what the media never does. They get stuff wrong all the time. Sometimes it's on purpose. Sometimes it's just because they're misunderstanding reality. Um I, and yet they never, despite how many times they get stuff wrong, it's like they never look in the mirror and say, okay, why were we wrong about this? Why did we misunderstand this for so long? Why did this not turn out the way that we predicted? So, you know, and I'm, I'm putting myself in that camp today. A lot of things that I predicted, everything I predicted last year was wrong. So why did I get these things wrong? This is This is what I wish the media would do. When you report story after story about how the walls are closing in on Donald Trump, you know, that that he's just about to go to jail. He's just about to get charged with a crime. He's just about to be found, you know, the proof that he colluded with the Russians. When you hear story after story of that year after year, the walls are closing in, the walls are closing in. We heard that since 2016. And yet he never gets charged with anything. Like when you keep reporting that his criminal charges are just around the corner, at some point you have to ask yourself why you keep getting that wrong. Or what, what else I'd say to the media? Why, why do you keep putting Adam Schiff on TV? He keeps going on TV and, you know, he's a representative and 
He has, I think he's on the House Intelligence Committee. He has access to secret information that regular Americans don't. He goes on TV all the time. Or back when Trump was president, he would go on TV and say, yes, I've got I've got information. I can't share it because it's classified. But I have the proof that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians to steal the election. You know, he kept doing that. He kept going on TV and saying he had this information. But it never came out to light. Robert Mueller looked into all of these, the same things that Adam Schiff was looking at. And Robert Mueller said Trump didn't collude with the Russians. He put out his report. He said there's no evidence of this Russian conspiracy theory. Why does the news media never go back to Adam Schiff and say, why'd you lie to us all those times? Instead, the news media keeps putting him on on their nightly shows. They keep inviting him on as a guest to let him lie some more. Why do they keep looking to him as an authority figure whenever he lied to Americans for years? This is the, these are the questions I wish the media would ask themselves. Back, back, do you remember that time that Trump, it was reported that Trump called immigrants animals? And that just, you know, that the, the news media went on fire with that. That Donald Trump was calling immigrants animals. Then the full quote came out. <clears throat> because when it was initially reported, they took it. They took that line out of context. Trump was not calling all immigrants animals. He was asked a question is by a reporter or just a citizen, but he was at some conference thing and somebody asked him a question. They were talking about the MS 13 gang, which had been trafficking people across the border and was involved in a lot of murders. And Trump called the MS 13 gang animals. He said those people were animals. So a lot of people believed a false story. They believed that Trump was just calling all immigrants animals because this fed into the narrative, oh, that Trump's this evil racist. So a lot of people believed that story. He was talking about gang members who kill people and in, in engage in human trafficking. He was calling them animals, which is a little bit more justifiable. It was still too much for Nancy Pelosi, you know, clutching her pearls, saying all people are God's creatures, even even gang members. You know, she she thought it was still terrible that Donald Trump would call gang members animals. But um, regardless, I mean, what I, this is what people need to ask themselves and what the news media needs to ask themselves. Why did they get that wrong? Why did they believe the false narrative? I, I read that. I'm like, Trump wouldn't call immigrants animals because why would he? Because Trump's not racist. He has a lot of terrible qualities about him. But I'm <laughs> sorry, racism is not one of them. I don't see the evidence that he's racist. But I'm like, why? he would have no reason to call immigrants animals. He's not anti-immigrant. He's anti-illegal immigration because it's illegal, not because of a race thing, um, which I think most Democrats actually know that, but they just lie and say, oh, no, it's about it's about their race. Trump is married to an immigrant. So why would he call immigrants animals? But the people who, who believe this stuff, they just follow along with it because the media said so. The media just follow along with it because it fits their narrative. They never stop and say, why did we get that wrong? Why why did we believe that? That someone said Trump called immigrants animals and we just took it, accepted it hook, line, and sinker. Why did they do it? Whenever we get stuff wrong, it's important to do some self-reflection. Not to just say, I got it wrong, but also to ask, why did I get it wrong? So that I don't get it so wrong again next time. So, so for some closing thoughts today, um, some wisdom. And this is from the Bible, James chapter four. And I, I love this chapter. It, I love the whole book of James in the Bible. But in in James four, 
it says, you don't even know what tomorrow brings. Uh, I think it starts here at verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. So what's the Bible telling us there? That we know so little. We know so little about what the future holds. I thought I was pretty good at predictions <laughs> a year ago. I thought I was pretty good at predictions. I know so little. And honestly, you just go back three years. Like, who would have known in 2019 that COVID was going to happen? Who thought that that Biden would become the nominee for president at this time three years ago? He was polling in fifth place at the time in the in the polls for Democrats running for office. Kamala Harris, she was polling at less than 1%. She dropped out in early January of 2020 because she was so far behind in the polls. And then a year later, they're the president and the vice president. And I thought I thought Biden would be gone by now because uh, I thought we were heading for the red wave in 2022. And, and, you know, not just me. I mean, I'm, I'm here to kind of dunk on myself today because I deserve it. But a lot of pollsters, a lot of pundits out there in the news channels, they were saying the same thing right up until the day of the election. They were saying there was going to be the red wave. So I'm, <laughs> I'm wrong about that. I'm, I'm far from being alone in my wrongness. Uh, most people, I think, got this election wrong in their predictions. But if we had had the red wave, I think maybe some of my predictions would have been more accurate. Like they maybe then they would be trying to push Biden out. You know, if, if they really had lost big in this election, they, they probably would be saying we don't want Biden in 2024. So I think I, I don't, it wasn't Biden's capabilities that changed as I'm looking at why I got this wrong, where I went wrong in my assessments. It wasn't his capabilities that changed. It wasn't the Democrats deviousness that changed. Um, what we've had in this country is a cultural change. This culture is just more and more intolerant of conservatives. It's becoming very anti-conservative. And that's good news for the Democrats. This American culture, it's become quite hateful to traditional values. It's very open to socialism. It's very against capitalism. I constantly read articles that they just disparage capitalism, just in kind of like throwaway lines, as if it's just the common view that capitalism is this bad thing. And, and maybe it is. Maybe that is the common view. I just heard a news story on the on a podcast I was listening to this morning, and some conservatives were talking about how uh, they had their company was trying to hold a, a Christmas party. They just wanted to reserve a table or two at a restaurant in their town in Nashville, and the restaurant ownership, when they heard what the company was, there was a conservative media company. They turned them down. They said, "Oh, we're not comfortable with hosting you for your Christmas party." You know, just just letting them have a couple tables. They weren't even comfortable doing that. They weren't bringing in a bunch of banners and memorabilia and propaganda or anything like that. They just wanted a few tables. And they were discriminated against because they're conservatives. That seems to be where our country's heading. I think America is in a downward spiral, as I talked about last time. So, Merry Christmas, I guess. <laughs> I, I hate to end this episode on such a downer note. But um, but my predictions about how the next year are going to go, 
they are not nearly as positive as they were last time. But let's hope that I'm wrong again. Thanks for listening to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. This has been Luke Taylor reminding you, if you hear me talking about what tomorrow brings, that's just fake news.